Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. As a salon owner, it can be super easy to get sucked into what I call shiny object syndrome, especially when you first open your business, press pause on that team retreat just for now. You're ready to hit the ground running, I know, and do all of the things that you always wanted to do when you dreamed of owning a business back when you were stuck behind the chair working for somebody else. Now we feel a little bit like a kid in a candy store, am I right? But from my perspective, sometimes this is a bit of a mistake. Less is often more, especially when you're first starting out in salon ownership. It's important to build strong foundations in your business so that you don't have to backtrack and backfill once you have grown. The core ingredient of a successful business that you need to get clear on at the start is your culture. It's the thing that actually makes the wheels go round. Now, I know building a strong team culture can feel rather tricky and like a lot for a lot of owners. Like you worry that your culture isn't strong enough, your team might not stay around, why invest in them, they're going to leave anyway, and you might not be able to hire new team members. Am I right? This is what we think. And it's going to affect our overall feel and reputation of our salon. Every team member wants to work for someone that has a great reputation as a good employer. I know you might be asking, okay, well, what does an amazing culture look like? So I want to introduce you to Tara, the owner of a hugely successful salon, Hainsworth & Co. Now, Tara has nailed the secret recipe to team culture. It's time to do less, but to do it better and establish the core of your business before you can grow. I know that you'll love the strategies that Tara and I chat about. So let's dive into the episode. Tara, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Super pleased to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. This is exciting. So let's start first with like, Tara, where are you in the world? What do you do? How did you get to be doing that? Well, my name is Tara Hainsworth. I am in Scottsdale, Arizona, and um, I own a hair salon. It's called Hainsworth and Company Salon. Um, it's about five and a half years old. So I feel like I'm a little baby salon owner, but I've been doing hair for 15 years. Um, I'm from Utah originally, and I just, I kind of knew I wanted to do hair at a really, really young age. Um, but it was also something that kind of scared me because I didn't grow up in an, in a family where it was really focused on getting your hair done and wearing makeup and clothes. I was kind of the only one that was interested in this like beauty industry type of thing. So I was always kind of scared to get into it. Cause I didn't think it would come naturally to me, but it was just this thing I really wanted to do. So I decided to go to hair school. I fell absolutely in love with it. It's been quite a journey to get to where I am today from experiencing three assisting programs to working commission salons, rental salons, uh, to working in salon suites and to now owning my own space. So I feel that I've had a wide experience and all the, all the industry has to offer. And I, for a long time, I always thought I'm going to find the place. I feel like me, I'm going to find the place where I feel like 
I can be myself. I'm just going to keep searching for the salon that I can work out that will, that will provide that. And it took one day for me to realize, okay, I don't think I'm going to find it. I think I meant to build it. So that's where Haynes Within Company, the idea of it came. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I just didn't think it could be a reality to own a salon, but here we are. It's, it's a, it's a total dream and it's, it's a whirlwind at the same time. Sure. I love that. It's a little bit similar to my own experience where I got the job I didn't want. I didn't get the job that I did want in terms of culture and, and the, the job that I did get, get, I thought, Oh, I cannot work there. Do you know, there was smoking in the salon and arriving late and all of these things. I was like, no, I'll just have to do it myself. And a little bit of ignorance sometimes is the best thing, right? Exactly. <laughs> So one of the things that your one of your superpowers, shall we say, is uh, team culture. And I know um, if we don't get this piece right, like our team are the engine of our business. It's the thing that makes the world wheels go round, and it is the piece that we have to nail. So tell us a little bit about um, some, I guess, some key focuses in terms of nailing team culture. Um, what do you think is the most important thing? Well, when it comes to team culture, I think what's most important is consistency. It's not only the team culture that you create, that's obviously so important, but I think it's even more important that it's a, that it's a culture that you create that can be consistently focused on and never forgotten. Because a lot of times, and I'm sure you've also experienced this working at a space where you knew it was going to be so amazing and they kind of made it sound like it was going to be this and that, and it was going to offer this for you. And then you start working there and well, where did that team culture go that I thought I was going to experience? So I think one of your most important aspects of being a salon owner or building a team is creating a culture that you can actually be consistent with. And that feels supernatural to you. It has to be a culture that comes from you and is supernatural so that it doesn't become a job for you to have to remember to add into the experience. It has to be so natural that it's just effortless and the whole team just jumps on board. Uh, I think also needs to be something that needs to be talked about and clarified because uh, the only way to find the people that actually have a desire for the culture that you create, you need to know that you offer that. So I think it needs to be something that you can easily explain. So I started with a team of two and now we're at a team of 20. And being able to experience over the last five and a half years, actually putting that into practice has been crucial to helping us build our team into not only the powerhouse that it is, but the type of people we have working for us are just exactly what Hainsworth needs and wants to be a foundation for. So I think consistency is huge when it comes to team culture. I love that because it's really easy to overpromise and underdeliver or be driven by great ideas and what's possible and what you would like to do. Um, but would you say, I know this has certainly been my, my experience, if I can do less and do it better and be consistent about establishing that before I pick up the next thing, um, is that your experience too around like being consistent and the things that you want to achieve or that you are putting into the business? Absolutely. I think there's definitely like ebbs and flows, you know, now there's just like such a wide variety of everything that it takes for this machine to be built, like continuing to build and being consistent. And there's just so many more things that taken 
it's a lot more difficult to do the little steps where before when it was a smaller team and in our 280 square foot super suite, there was all the time in the world to focus on culture. And it was, you know, there's not many people. There's so much easier for us to have family dinners once a month and have everyone go over to my house and cook a meal because family is one of our core foundations. And I want everyone to have that same feeling. I want to make them my mom's homemade ice cream recipe and homemade chocolate chip cookies and, and be in my home and in my space where now when there's 20 of us, you have to like sign a contract to have a restaurant, like table saved for you because there's so many. So it's like, okay, maybe we can only do team dinners or family dinners four times a year instead of every single month. So I think too, like allowing that flexibility to, to happen in your culture with the way your team is and your business is growing. Um, I think that's also crucial. I've also like experienced so many times when this business was smaller, you know, it was like more intimate and more focused on the team. And, and then when they grew, that's when people were like, eh, it's not really that much fun. So that's been a heavy focus for me as well from past experiences is making sure that even though we're growing certain elements of the team culture will never be sacrificed even for the size that we are. So instead of it being a restaurant that we're going to, we're going to rent out a movie theater and we're going to invite everybody's families, their kids, their siblings, like any way to make sure that family focus, that foundation that we have at Hainsworth is heavily focused on and is consistent. You kind of have to like also ebb and flow, I feel like with team culture. Yeah, I love that, that you're holding on to the essence and the principles rather than just the action. Um, so it can't be here anymore, but we'll still do a thing and it's going to be over here. And that's uh, uh, the flexibility that you talked about, but it also, I guess, creates a little bit of spice of life, changes things up, keeps things fresh, but without you know losing the foundation of, of, of your culture. So what are some of the things that you've really focused on and that you've decided no matter how big we get or how things change, that these are the things that we don't change. So like your monthly get together for is one, what would be another example of, of a cultural thing that you won't let go of? Yeah, we're super big on celebrating everyone's wins. That's, I think what's one of my main focuses because I, I also mentor each of the girls on a one, one-on-one basis. And we have girls that work on our leadership team that also help me mentor. And so we have a heavy hand in everyone's goals, their personal goals, their career goals. And every time they hit those big numbers or every time they pay off the credit card or every time they have uh, a new baby, we're always there to celebrate everyone's big, big wins in life and, and in business. So one of the main things we focus on is I actually have hired on our leadership team because culture is so important to me. Um, one of our girls I've hired as our, as our team culture representative. And it is solely her her job, aside from working behind the chair and having a co-hair designer and doing all the amazing things that she does. She also believes so much in the mission of us wanting to have this culture that just cannot be, um, can't we can't live without, truly. Um, so she focuses on everyone's birthdays and makes sure everyone gets a beautiful tension time focused on birthdays, birthday cards, um, all of us play a huge role in celebrating everyone's big wins. And it's honestly, when the team gets really big, I feel like that's one of the hardest jobs is remembering that everyone has wins and everyone has goals and everyone's actually achieving them. If you don't have take the time to celebrate them, then you don't realize like what amazing things you've done in the past six months. And 
by us really focusing on celebrations, we're able to go, okay, we were on the news this month. We were, we finished three books this month. We paid off a credit card we bought a new car and we had a new baby. And, and it's like so exciting when you think of everything as a team, like what we all collectively have done and achieved in last month, it makes it feel like there's nothing we can achieve when we're together. I love that. It's, it's really, really great. Um, one of the things you mentioned is mentoring, that you mentor each of your team members. Um, and you mentioned to me before that there are some foundations that you really focus on around your mentoring. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, this is honestly one of my favorite things to talk about in business and especially for girls that work behind the chair or, or guys that work behind the chair. It's so exciting for me to be able to ask these really in-depth questions. And it's the first thing I always put everyone through whenever I do a mentorship experience is what are you doing? Why are you doing it? How are you doing it? And how can you replicate it? And that usually starts with what I call soul work. And it's a lot of stuff that you have to dig down deep inside of you to, um, to figure out the answers to those questions because yeah, we're doing hair, but what are we really doing? You know, so asking those questions like, okay, what's your, why? Well, I want to be successful. Okay. But what's really your why? Right. It's like, well, then they can dig deep and figure out, like, I have this experience from when I was a child that really drives me and it gives them this whole different sense of purpose. So when it comes to the four foundations, they're heavily, um, I kind of try to simplify it in business because we're all running a business. So I, I break it down in four statements. What's your mission statement? What's your vision statement? What's your why statement? And what's your impact statement? So those are all pretty much the first thing we work on. And everyone has a different time period. Some stylists are able to just tell me right away and they can just figure them out in the next month. We're, work, we're working on the next part of our mentorship experience. And some, it takes a couple months to really dig deep and really find those answers. But as soon as they know exactly from within them, it's not what they're finding from the outside or they're not allowing anyone else to answer for them. They have to answer it. They have to find it and they have to believe in it then there is nothing that stops them with their goals, with their vision, with their dream, whether it's behind the chair or in their career or in their personal life. It's truly what I love to do more than hair. I know it's so evil to say that, but. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's really great um, because at some point, the same for myself, sometimes you recognize that you're in love with business more than the, the, the technical skill of the business. And that's, I think, really when uh, business can elevate and can grow beyond and, and be something more. So I, I think celebrate that for sure. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more because everybody wins, the team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me, 
uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy to think that you started off with this idea of creating this space where you can do hair freely and you can be yourself and you can attract these ideal clients and and then we're going to replicate it so other people can come do it too. And now what I do really has nothing to do with hair. You know, it's so funny how it started with hair. And now when I'm doing hair, it kind of keeps me away from doing all the real work that needs to be done. I almost feel like guilty when I'm doing hair. And um, it's, it's just funny, but I've always told the girls that when, when you dig down deep and figure out what your foundations are for me, it was always hair was never the actual reason um, hair has always been the tool for me to be able to do what I really think I meant to do. And that's, that's people work. Um, so I always feel really grateful for the ability of doing hair and for the choice that I made to do hair, because I don't think I could be able to dig in so deep with clients or stylists if it wasn't for this passion that we have to help human beings be their best, most beautiful, confident selves. So yeah. How, how lucky are we to be in this industry, really? Truly. It's just yeah. it's an amazing gift and an opportunity, I feel, that shouldn't ever be taken lightly because a brand new client walking in the door is just as much a stranger as the person standing behind you in Target. But the difference is, is when they're in your chair in the first 15 minutes, you know about how many kids they have, whether they've been through a divorce, whether they've had a huge career jump that day or just bought a brand new house or you know so much about someone in 15 minutes when they're sitting in your chair. Whereas when you're in target, it's pulling teeth to get them to say anything to you other than, hi, how's your day? It's good. Cool. It's just so crazy. The difference with just 15 minutes is with the environment that we're given. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to just touch for a moment uh, on this guilt of the time that you're spending on clients versus the time then spending on the business, which includes the people and the people work that you're doing. And I just, I, I want to shine a light on it for a moment because it's quite opposite to the majority of the people in the industry where they feel guilty when they're not doing here. And this is the work that I do, uh, Tara, with business owners to switch the mindset to be the other way around so you can grow a business, you can serve more clients uh, through a great team. And this is the stuck point. We get into here and we love doing here and we have a great relationship with these clients. How do we tear ourselves away um, from that to actually work on this other entity, um, which is the business, which is kind of a little bit bigger? What are your thoughts on the balance of the two and uh, where we should be in investing our time? You know, it's funny because I feel like most salon owners that I talk to about this is one of the biggest reasons why it is hard to pull away from hair is because it's the easiest way to get cash. It's the easiest way to make money. And you're, you're like, this is how I can survive because everything I'm making is going into something else. So it's almost this tug and pull where if you're not doing hair, then it, it feels like it, it, things are going to take a lot longer to get to where you want it to go. At least that's been my experience speaking with other salon owners and also it's hard to trust other people to take care of your clients because you've built this great relationship with them. And um, it's been an interesting process for sure. But I remember going from, I mean, I was working behind the chair like six, seven days a week, 
I was working eight to 10, sometimes 12 hours a day. And I was like really big and pregnant with my, with my daughter and my assistant at the time was like, Tara, you are not going to be able to keep doing this. And I just kept thinking by taking more clients and working behind the chair, improving myself more as a stylist, I was going to be this more adequate salon owner because I'm the stylist that takes the most clients and that makes the most money behind the chair. And I always thought that that was going to be the direction, but it took something physically happening to me and having a child for me to rethink differently and realize how precious my time really was and how I really needed to focus on what was most important. And although taking clients is going to help my own family make more financial successes, it wasn't going to help the salon. It was actually going to prohibit the salon from making success, which means all these people that are on my team that are trusting in my business and my brand to keep leveling up so that they can, weren't going to be able to do that if I was working behind the chair. And it became this thing where I was doing my team a disservice by working behind the chair. And I was being more selfish by taking time behind the chair. Um, And I really needed to practice what I preach. And if I'm going to train these super bomb hair designers, I need to make sure I can prove to them. And I proved to my own clients that I'm going to give my clients to them and they're going to take such good care of them. Hell, they might actually be better than me. And I hope they are (laughs) without killing my Leo pride, but I hope they do an amazing, more amazing job because it will show that not only do I know how to do what I do, I can teach someone to do it and they can do it better than me. And with that mentality, things just started to soar and I became less feeling like a shackle to the chair and more of this like, oh my gosh, I want to get in the office. I want to get on the computer. I want to be making connections. I want to get our team's names out there. And I want to be talking about them. I don't want to be talking about me. And it, things just really came together. So that was been my experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's great um, because it is a bit of an ego letting go process. Um, and even though we don't realize sometimes that it's our ego that's that we're holding on to or that is holding on to what we know and what served us to date, um, yeah, it's it's that that's going to allow us to propel. Um, <clears throat> I want to tackle the issue that I, I hear most salon owners that I speak to say to me, but what if I train them and then they leave? I don't have the time and the energy to spend training them and they're just going to go off and have their own career. What's your take on that? Oh man, from personal experience, (laughs) (laughs) I think um, this one's a tough one for me because we have this heavy family focus in our culture. It's, I get really close with my girls and, and I, I honestly, like if, when someone leaves, it is like losing a family member and it is hard. Um, I've learned in positive ways. And I've learned in negative ways, the, the ways that I want to continue to do things in the future. Um, I think that when you have a, I've learned that when I have a mindset of scarcity and keeping everyone and not losing anyone, then I end up creating a business that makes, allows certain behaviors to be okay, or allows my biggest dreams and goals to be the, the, not the priority anymore. It, it, it keeps things from progressing. And when I have this mindset that I I don't want anyone to leave, I want to make sure that they stay with me forever. 
then my business will not grow. And I've learned that the hard way when I've changed things in order to make some people happy, or when I've adjusted things to, to one stylist, it's made things worse for the whole team in its entirety. And so thankfully we're at this beautiful place, my husband and I, where we can, there's so much bigger, everything's so much bigger than myself and even each of my team members. And it requires all of us to make these dreams happen. And if some people go, it's okay because there's more people to fill. That's going to be more um, what the salon and the business needs in that moment in time. Um, so as, as hard as it is when someone chooses to leave, it's, it's for the better of them. It's for the better of my salon and it's, but, and for the better of me. And if they leave and go be an amazing, amazing stylist and open an awesome salon. Cool. I played a role in that and I hope nothing but happiness and success. You know, that's the mindset I have to continue to remind myself to stay in or else you're just going to prevent your own business from growing. Yeah, I agree. Because I think on the converse, if we stay in the scarcity mindset and we choose not to train, then we're capping our own potential because the quality of our talent is now capped. And so uh, I think there's this kind of, I don't know what the magic number is, but it's somewhere in the five to eight team members sort of space that, um, we start to be able, the business and the culture and the brand starts to be able to be bigger than any individual. Because when you're two or three people, one person leaves, it's devastating. It's a third of your business or it's a quarter of your business. And the impact is quite high, but you get to a certain tipping point where actually if one person was gone and you haven't replaced that person yet, the business can continue like a train on the tracks. It can continue to go without really noticing that one car has fallen off, so to speak, um, outside of the cultural and the heartbeat hardness, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, um, more team members are, are more to manage, but there's some uh, allowances or luxuries for getting to a certain size where you can carry on anyway, as you say. It's true. And I, I think it's, for me, I was so glad I started small because, I knew I had these big, huge ambitions, but what if I started with these big ambitions and then I changed my mind? Like I was always so scared. I'm like, I know I want to, and I, I feel I'm supposed to do it, but I, what if I'm not willing to put the work in for it? Like when it really comes down to it, what if I don't have what it takes? You know, I was having those conversations with myself. And so I went from looking, I was a rental stylist with a book of 297 clients and one assistant. And I'm like, either looking at 1200 square foot space or a 280 square foot super suite. And I thought if I start here, I don't rely on anyone. I can financially afford it. I, if everyone quits and hates the way that I teach and lead and, and own, then that won't matter because I'll be fine. I can just use the whole super suite for myself. And I had that mentality where they need me. I don't need them. So I can see if I really can try this on and see if I like it. And I just like instantly became obsessed. And after like six months, I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And the journey of it has been a lot longer than I thought it would to get to where I am today. But in those years, those beginning stages, when there was just two, three, four, five, even five of us, like every decision seemed so heavy and so instrumental and 
someone leaving was so devastating. And, and also it's such a brand new business. Like we changed the way we do our structure like three times. Like you kind of have to figure out what it really is and, and have a team that can be flexible. And we lost a few during those years and that was hard, but it was also such an amazing lesson for me to know how to move things forward. And now the business is such a machine that every single part needs to be working. But if one of the parts isn't working for a minute, the machine's big enough to make up for it for a moment in time. And it's just the best feeling being able to get through those years so that now I can have this mindset of, okay, it's not the end of the world. If someone leaves, like it's actually ends up always being better for everybody. And how can I not support? And especially if they leave for one of my core value reasons, that's it's better for them and their family. It's better for their health. It's better for whatever their reason is. If it's one of my core values, I would be a hypocrite if I was to disagree. So. Yeah. I love that. I love that guy that you have such a strong guiding light. Uh, that helps make those decisions, you know, in a positive way. Um, tell me, uh, Tara, what is a quote or a mantra or something that really keeps you solid, focused, moving forward uh, when times are tough? You know, this is one I say all the time, and I wish I remembered where I heard it from because I, I want to give this person all the credit in the world. I don't know who it is. So if you know, please tell me. I've been trying to search it forever, but this has been crucial for me and a huge reason why so many of my main focus in helping people starts with foundations and usually always goes back to foundations with every decision that you make is if in business, if it doesn't come from you, it has an expiration date. And in life, if it doesn't come from you, it's just not living. I've always loved that. It's been huge. Always reminds me that if it's not coming from me, it's going to, it's going to die eventually. It's, it's, it was an idea that I took from somebody else. So it's not going to feel natural when I go to implement it. I'm not even going to remember next month that I started this new idea because it wasn't mine. It was from someone else. And in life, if it doesn't come from you, if it's not something that really genuinely lights you up out of love and kindness and isn't doing that for others, then you're just not living life. And to me, that's really what we're all here to do is live a beautiful, happy life and make sure that every person we come in contact with leaves with this feeling that they can make an impact on the world. And that to me is, is what living is. So I love that. That's awesome. Uh, what about a book or a podcast or someone that you follow that you think all salon owners should get their hands on? Okay. So I just finished, literally just finished listening to this book um, on a flight back from Utah with my daughter and the last chapter just like it moved me. I was actually, I, I was a little bit in tears. It was so amazing. And so this is the first one I can think of. I would highly recommend the power of one more by Ed Milet. It's an amazing book. And it is all about how us as leaders um, can help ourselves, make sure that we are focusing on the thing that, things that are most important. And then also being able to teach others that we, that, that, work for us to do the same. And it's amazing. Highly recommend even following him on Instagram has been super fun because he's super consistent with what he teaches Ed Milet. So I'd recommend it. High recommendation. Amazing. I shall put the link in the show notes to this podcast episode. Uh, Tara, it's been amazing. Uh, it's uh, 
I just love everything you have to say and the way that you look at things and your success to date is, is great. So I really appreciate the time that you spent with us today. It's great. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. This has been a, a joy. And that's a wrap. Tara, thank you so much for your time, your thoughts, your expertise, an absolute powerhouse. Now, I'm sure you listening have managed to take some key strategies, takeaways that you can implement. And I wanted to let you know that our Salon Mastery program focuses on core strategies on how to build a winning team culture in your salon. So if you're interested in learning more, then Salon Mastery could be for you. So if you want to see whether or not it's right fit for you, then please just click the apply now button in the show notes below or just flick me a DM. Otherwise, I'll see you same time, same place on another episode of the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.